comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Oliver Queen. After five years in the house, I returned home with only one goal, to save my city. But my old approach wasn't enough. I had to become someone else. I had to become something else. I had to become the Green Arrow. When I was a child, my planet Krypton was dying. I was sent to Earth. I work with my adoptive sister for the DEO to protect my city from alien life and anyone else that means to cause it harm. I am Supergirl. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. To the outside world, I'm an ordinary forensic scientist. But secretly, with the help of my friends at Star Labs, I fight crime. I am the Flash. I'm here because the future of the world is in peril. Because of a man named Vandal Savage. I chose you eight to travel throughout time to stop them. You got the wrong guy. Hero ain't on my resume. Where I'm from, you aren't just considered heroes. You're legends. Hey everybody, welcome to the DCTV Podcast, episode number 61. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to say we have the, the, the posse in full effect today. Uh, back, back, everybody is back on, on point. Um, let's start off with the man who taught the penguin how to make that special spice rub for that Sunday roast that everyone loves, Mr. Terrell hello. Taylor. Hello, hello. How do you get that spice blend just right for that special roast? Oh, it's the whole thing. You take hate and revenge, and you mix it up with some uh, spices. I a... thought the, I thought the boy was rather gamey. Also joining us tonight, uh, the woman who was not affected by Myriad because she had already bonded with an alien symbiote because she <laughs> am Venom, Jerry Atkinson. Thank you, sir. We are Venom. We are Venom. <laughs> Sorry, you are Venom. Yeah. We'll just refer to you as Ms. Venom. Right. Lady Venom would be out. fine. Lady Venom. That yep. picture freaked me out. <laughs> it was, was a great picture. I was recording another show, and I just yep. happened to look at that. and had It was weed. the tongue. I was cool with everything until the picture with the tongue. Oh, know? we're going to feature it on, on Jakey's Happy Hour. because we, oh, I, I've yeah, been I so tempted to Photoshop it. so many things. So many. <laughs> so many. Oh, Lord. Come to calm down already. Yeah. And, the, and the man who sold... <laughs> Uh, Electra, the man who sold automatic razors to Jonah Hex, ch- uh, Chub Toad, Sheldon. I, I reckon we best get this show on the road, there, Hoss. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of good DC TV this week. Uh, real quick, just off the top, what do you think your best show was this week? Go, I Zombie. It would have to be I Zombie, but I had the most fun probably with with Supergirl, though. It was so many moments. Supergirl was fun, but. That iZombie double episode was great. Awesome. Oh, it was. Uh, iZombie was. Okay. I would have to go with iZombie just for the way the double episode and the way they left it and all the stuff that happened. Uh, again, we'll talk about that at the end because uh, Jerry's not into the iZombie, but uh, a lot going on in that show. And the way they left it, with that final scene, oh, my God. That, yeah. that was just like, that was that was a huge WTF moment. Jerry... Uh, Jerry, why don't you enjoy being entertained? Just why? This show is not Just for me. Wrong. 
I, I have no connection to the the characters, the actress that plays it. I, I I've, usually I get really negative and just start you know like hating on the show, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say the show is not for me. I do not connect in any way with the story, the characters, and the main actors and actresses. I, oh. I just think she's she comes over like like day old roast at the Penguin House. So. Well, yeah. she contained her symbiote. She didn't go all just not into it. Anger. Just not into it. <laughs> I All did. Right, I contained well, it. See that? We bonded. Did. We bonded. I'm good. <laughs> there's, there's, there's the right way, and then there's your opinion. Okay, it's fine. You're, you're gonna mansplain what I just said. Is that what you're yeah. gonna do here? Yeah, Chuck's <laughs> gonna make the symbiote come out. <laughs> that's what, that's what Chuck's doing. Uh huh. Hey, I've okay. seen the pictures. Uh huh. Give me the symbiote out for the. Hey, okay. uh, where does the mansplainer get his water? From a well, actually. <laughs> Just don't let just don't let him sing, okay? He can talk crap. Just yes, don't let him sing. Please don't. Thank you <laughs> missed it. Thank <laughs> you. Are will, you I will trying to you. update Skype? You I missed will it. cut you out of the call. I will. Heartlessly <laughs> cut you right out of the call. Please Fans, please. You can behave. You can go sit there. Sit no, the I think support. we should listen to the voice of the listeners. Listeners, go to the Facebook page <laughs> and, and vote yes, Chub Toad sings, or no, shut the fat idiot up. Dear God, please no. <laughs> do what I would I would vote. All of us are back. Daryl, I'm glad you had a good birthday. I'm sorry it was marred by Chub Toad singing. Right. Let's move on to the uh, next to the last episode of Supergirl. Yeah. Uh, episode 19. Isn't it weird that we're already getting to season finales now? I know. We have Zombie this week. We have Supergirl next week. And then we're coming up on season finales for um, for Legends and, and Lucifer, too. So uh, This one was called Mirror. I didn't even realize that I thought he was doing a double and ending this week. So that was kind of, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the way it ended. Well, like I said, we'll get to that. Uh, this episode is called Myriad. And as we saw at the end of the last episode, everyone in National City is under the spell of the Kryptonian's Myriad Project. Uh, even James Olsen, everyone. Uh, except for, it seems, three people. Uh, Supergirl, Maxwell Lord, and Cat Grant. Uh, even Superman. Get sucked in because yeah, that was a what the f. That yeah, that one was a stretch for me. Oh, he w- he was uh, he grew up here, so his brain has been conditioned to human. I, I I don't know. Just your biology doesn't change because you go to another planet. That was I mean, a. It's a busy yeah. night. We've been working long hours. Let's just do that. Let's just <laughs> I mean, I mean, I suspect. You know, I mean, I I looked over it because it still was a good episode, but it just I was like, really, come on. And we all know why, because they can't have him actually in the show. So. Yeah. I mean, they had a little like uh, you know scientific mumbo jumbo about neural impl- you know neural implications and stuff. So right. I was yeah. fine with it. It was you know what? Yeah. He doesn't need to be in this story. No, the show is called no, Supergirl. No, I agree. You know, I, I totally her. agree. You know, I just, even... I just felt it was a little bit of a hokey explanation, but yeah, no, I agree. Keep him out of it. Yeah. I mean, we, even with those like they had the instant messages before or whatever. I mean, I, that would be like the deepest extent I would put Superman into this show. You know, just in the most tangential way possible. So I would I, taking well, him off the board. I was fine with that. Well, I would have him on one day, but what I would have, I would have her rescue him. Hmm. Yeah, you know, or like, rescue him as Clark Kent or something, or whatever. Either way, I would I would just have him get in a crisis, and and she would have to be the one to rescue him. I think that'd be a nice little because especially it goes to she was supposed to be a protector of him originally anyway. 
So it would be a nice little moment for her to kind of, you know, be the one to actually save her cousin. Right. That would be cool. That would be a good turnabout. Yeah. Uh, Kara starts off by stopping uh, Lucy and a bunch of other DEO guys from freeing all of the alien prisoners. Pretty cool. Um, they, Nan doesn't want to deal with the White Martian at all, though. He makes he says something about that. Though. You don't like the White Martian? Yeah. He doesn't want to deal with it. So, that, I mean, they're definitely setting up something with that. Yeah, they got a feature. Absolutely. That's like a little, you know, see, you know, like plot seed. You know, they're playing mm-hmm. the future. Next season. Right. Uh, Kara flies to Capco, finds her workers all working like on uh, Kryptonese on their uh, on their monitors. They're working on something else. Cat Grant has these earrings, I guess the Maxwell Lord gave her. He figured out that the Kryptonians were putting like a uh, subcarrier wave on his satellites, mm-hmm. and was able to somehow, through the power of, of magic science, block those for him and for uh, for Cat. Because they have the past or whatever. Max is the only solution or only idea. You know, he's he's trying to present him, you know himself as like the you know the savior or whatever, trying to help everyone. He has a plan to save the, the, the day by killing all the Kryptonians. Um, it also involves uh, killing. This is also where they they explain the myriad involves using the combined brain power of everyone on Earth to solve you know things like global warming. And Max is really into that idea. But non to mess with Kara. Makes uh, James and Wynn and some other co-worker, Captain Redshirt or whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, jump off a building. And when they jumped off, I knew who would be saved and who would not. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, hmm, is it going to be this main character, this main character, or this yeah. person we've never seen and... before? <laughs> the Redshirt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you know that that extra... Love is, that's at the top of his resume now out there yeah. for acting... Pretty much. Yep. Right. Great moment. I got to I got to fall for building with Supergirl. Um Kara reluctantly agrees to go along with Max's plan. Um it, it involves detonating a bomb. It'll it's full of kryptonite, it'll kill every Kryptonian in the city, plus about eight percent of the human population. Yeah. Right. Oh no, only eight percent. Only eight percent. Yeah, no big <laughs> Just like three hundred thousand, you know. Yeah. Uh, the bomb would also make <laughs> National City uninhabitable for Kryptonians for 50 years. So part Which of he know, wanted anyway. Yeah, it's like he totally wants Supergirl out of there. Um, Alex and Hank, by the way, they cut away to. Um, they're still on the run. They go to uh, Alex's house and uh, Eliza Danvers, Helen Slater, the original Supergirl, mm-hmm. you know, is okay. shocked to see Alex and Hank. Cause she thinks, you know, he's she still thinks he's the one who killed Jeremiah. Right, uh, but then Alex like fills her in, and then all that's once all that's through. Doctor Danvers is like, you know, really excited. <laughs> that did. I, I like an alien. <laughs> I, I like this entire sequence. Kind of loops the whole you know story back around, and I, I don't know. It, I, to me, it just tied up everything nicely. So now we can move forward with the story instead of having all this. These people know this. She knows that. Whatever. Now. Everybody's in the loop. Now let's, you know, do what we need to do. I do hate uh, that it was a cop-out, that as soon as her and James were finally going to, you know, get it together, oh, now he's in an army of drones. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> right. Like, come on! Right, right when she decides to kiss him. Like, come the only on! That moment, just at that moment, that is when yeah. they, they turn it on. Yep. Now, the only thing worse than that is if they do the uh, James lost some of his memory, so he doesn't remember 
Oh yeah, they, they kiss. Oh, uh, I, I remember in your apartment, too. and I woke <laughs> right. up here three days later. Um, Come on, that would piss me off. Yeah, I is this this is the episode where Cat comes walking in because she's not affected, right? And she comes walking in and is telling Kara to yeah <laughs> to to tell Harrison Ford <laughs> to back off or whatever. Hilarious that she does not date older men. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> saying, right? yeah, that was pretty funny. That was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was really good. The um, Karen and Max have a talk, and then Max explains what happened to his parents. You know, and that uh, you know, he tried to warn everybody, but nobody wanted to listen to a know-it-all kid. And then his parents died because no one would listen. And then that's why he, you know, and he gives that the classic villain uh, uh cliche line: "We're more alike than you would you would think." I mean, does right. every villain have to say that? Yes. We're not so different, you and I. Uh-huh. Yes. They do. It's in the hand. Or I, I respect you as a worthy opponent or some crap yeah, like that. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly, yeah. That goes along with the whole, yeah, uh, you created me, or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I have to be in there. Cat Grant ends up giving uh, Kara a really uh, good speech that tells her to stop acting out of fear but believing that people are good. And uh, the line, uh, I believe you can change everyone out there, not by violence, not by fear. Just by being Supergirl, that's all anyone has ever needed from you. I thought that was a pretty cool scene. You know, yeah, that great was moment. Well Very good yeah. moment. It could have it could have come off a lot hokier than it did. It came off as pretty sincere, especially knowing you know, the characters and what they've been through. You know, the right. kind of right. the kind of unspoken thing they have. The cat knows it's Kara. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, do we, do we all agree that cat knows it's Kara? Oh yeah. Oh yes. yeah. I mean, yeah. it hasn't Without been said. I mean, it hasn't been said, you know, objectively, but I mean, it's pretty, pretty much in the subtext there. Yeah, it is. Now, and she's said before, I trust me. If there's somebody that's not normal, I recognize that. If there's somebody that you know that's not, that's not what they pretend to be, I'm going to see it immediately. So mm-hmm. she knows. And their hair. Sure. Obviously. Yeah, that too. Uh, Supergirl and Cat fly back to try to convince Max not to bomb National City, and it's about the same time Alex and Hank arrive back. Uh, but Indigo is there and meets them and challenges Hank to fight. Hank loses. Indigo kidnaps Alex, and then once Alex isn't able to be shielded from Myriad by Hank, as you know, mind, uh, she succumbs to Myriad, and uh, Indigo takes Alex back to Nan. Decides to come up with a plan. Is uh, once he finds out that it's Kara's sister. Um, they decide to use the uh, the station equipment to piggyback off the Myriad signal and broadcast a message. To National City. They don't know what message. There's a big rumble. Uh, Kara goes outside. And she finds her mind control sister uh, in a kryptonite powered battle suit. Wielding the same sword she killed Astro with. So Nan's plan is basically you know, either she kills her sister or Alex kills her. This is the way the episode ends. Oh, I forgot to mention one of the aliens at the beginning of the episode was Maxima. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Queen of Almarac. Uh, so I guess uh, she tried to marry Superman at one point in the past. They turned her down. And she ended up there to the, uh, but that was a cool, uh, cool little Easter egg there at the beginning. Yeah, we could have been relatives. But what an awesome setup for the final episode. Yeah. Uh, yep. The show has really been improving, I thought, as I think, as it's been going on. I really like this episode. This really got me hyped up for the season finale. Uh, I give the, I give this one like an A minus, because I mean I saved the A's and the A pluses for like the real. You know, like the man in yellow on the Flash or something mm-hmm. like that, really out of the park. And I think I do actually have an A plus I want to give later to one of the shows this week. But mm-hmm. I won't say what until we get there. I give this one an A minus. 
this is a good setup there. Um, I like to, I, even like I said, the, the part earlier with uh, Alex and Hank where they broke off with Dr. Danvers, that was cool to kind of undercut all the tension from before. Um, but yeah, I really, I really like the show a lot and I like this episode a lot. So A minus. Yeah, I have to agree. I, I'm pretty much close there with a B plus and it, it was a great penultimate episode and the season on. And I feel that just like you said, this, this definitely had a good crescendo build up to what's fixing to happen in the finale. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready for it. I would, I would have to give it a B plus as well. Not ready for the A yet, but it, it still was a, a very enjoyable episode. And they do do better, and they have done a lot better with uh, showing them, you know, superpower people having fights. I mean, the fight when they get to uh, when she's at the base and she's fighting um, the brainwashed um, DEO agents, right? And, and at the same time having to take down Maxima. I mean, that was pretty good. I mean, yeah, I like the I like the fight between Indigo and Hank too. And using the speed, because sometimes they forget, like when they have a, a super, when they have a Kryptonian in a fight. Right, they don't use they don't the full use array speed. of power. Right, right, right. And sometimes it's like something happens and it's like you could have just, you know, did your burst of speed and stop that from happening and, and they don't. But but I'm glad they used it. You mean like if you're at a congressional hearing and somebody has a bomb in a wheelchair? <laughs> well, you would have to detect it. For there was like a bottle of peach tea there. Oh, never mind. I'm sorry. I'm talking about. You have to detect the bomb. I know. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so that was all this week. And like I said, next episode is the season finale. Pretty psyched. Uh, let's move on to Gotham. Oh, I didn't rate it. Sorry, B. Oh, I'm sorry, Jerry. <laughs> so hurry okay. up, woman. Night. Hey, it's not used to having all of us together. Uh, no, B, you know, for most of the episode, I, I like, was really pissed off because I'm like, why would she wear those earrings? How did he know she was wearing those earrings? But they did address it. Yeah. <laughs> she had but, like, for most of the episode, I'm like, why would she wear them? I mean, <laughs> but, yeah, so, B, it was it was fun. There was lots of, like you said, like, like epic battles between super-powered characters, and I'm still not a fan of the chick with the braids that aren't straight on each side, but I like that actress. I just, I don't know about that character. I, the it, hair she, it never, she never feels earnest to me. Uh, hmm. I don't know. So B. That's how I feel about the, the lead actress on uh, Lucifer, actually. Yes. Oh, that's how I feel I, about the lead actress on iZombie. Hmm. Cool. So we understand. <laughs> Too late. No, no. Come on. Set. Hey, Nobody hey, let's it. all... Can we just close this peacefully in a world where Jerry doesn't like iZombie and the rest of us do? Please. Leave live alone. Please. Oh, she, has a, she has the right to be wrong. She just lost, <laughs> Liv just lost her boyfriend. Back off. <laughs> yeah, thank you for mansplaining again, Sheldon. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Good thing, um, you know, I don't have my hardcore feminist group listening to this podcast, right? All right, let's move on to Gotham. Okay. It's uh, Wrath of the Villains, colon, Into the Woods. <laughs> That's so, wow. so awesome. So it's two prepositions and two articles and a colon, all in the, all in the title. That's uh-huh. awesome. Uh, yeah, and by, wow, the, the ending to this was quite, the way the Penguin thing, we'll get to, we'll do that last. Because that was the, the big, like, whoa. For me, anyway, in the episode. We see a little bit of Bruce and Selena. Mm-hmm. Uh, beginning the episode. jump. Yeah, exactly. And he like dumps his share of the money out <laughs> when they run away. 
I was oh. like Selena. I, I was with uh, uh, Selena. I was like, why are you throwing money out there like that, boy? Yeah, exactly. But he's oh. like, he just wants to understand criminals, he says. Listen, you understand a lot, but you don't throw that money out there like that. Yeah, Selena yeah. was pretty annoyed with him, and I don't blame her one bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, the big story, of course, is that Gordon has broken out of prison. Every, I mean, it's the the big you know every the big story, and of course, Barnes is suspecting Bullock. Of course, right. And uh, you know, Bullock's trying to play dumb, but uh, obviously he's sheltering him. You know, Gordon and Bullock discuss going through the case again to find out who set Gordon up, but uh, but you know, Bullock warns him that he's been working this case since Gordon was locked up, and he hasn't found anything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know, man. Almost, you know, they figure everything out, like, uh, on our episode. That Bullock really is not a good detective, I think. Not that anyway. best, but he's a good, uh, but he's a, he's a good, uh, partner to have. Friend. He has your back. Yeah. Um, Bullock is a lady friend who works in internal affairs. <laughs> yeah. Took one for the team. Lady friend, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the help of her stolen keys. <laughs> uh, Gordon finds a tape and he's trying to get ready to clear his name, um, right. but he can't. He, but he's on his way out of there, and he can't help himself. He spots a woman being attacked by thugs, and he saves her. And he almost gets busted. You know, a cop spots him and reports him, but uh, Gordon escapes from him. It's like his own his own good nature almost got him caught. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah I do. I, you know, it's kind of speaking to his uh, character for sure. Uh, Gordon escapes and plays the internal affairs tape with Bullock. Um, the voice in the tape is muffled, as is the sound of maybe a bird. So he goes to talk to another friend for help. Guess who? Enigma. Mm, right. And I saw that Brilliant. coming, and it, it, it plays out so good. He's he's a forensic guy. It would make sense he would go to him. You know, I mean, right? Exactly. If if it didn't make sense for him to see Garcia, then I would have been like, no. But it totally makes sense. Um, Gordon and Ed are waiting for some results to clean up the clean up the tape, and Ed makes the mistake of talking a little bit too much. Yep. He uh, starts debating the uh, makings of a psychopath, mm-hmm. and then Gordon Gordon's starting to put two and two together. And then the uh, the tape, the clean tape, you know, is like the icing on the cake. It's your path, by the way. Great. Ed gets the upper hand on Gordon, almost takes him out, though, almost like uh, burying like the Kristen. But Gordon escapes with a bullet wound in the leg and goes to Selena's house to pass out. And uh, that's where he encounters her with Bruce. Um, Bruce calls Alfred to take Gordon back to the mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gordon tells him about his plan to incriminate Ed. Um, he has Selena reveal to Barnes with Ed listening in that Gordon is looking for the penguin to find out where the bodies are buried. And this, of course, sends Ed into a frenzy. He goes out to his place where he's hiding Kristen Kringle. And he runs across Gordon there and reveals his entire plan to Barnes and the entire Gotham City Police Department. And Ed goes off to Arkham. Where I'm sure him and Hugo Strange will have a lot of fun together. Indeed. Speaking of Arkham, guess who got a clean bill of health this episode? <laughs> I saw oh. that coming. That was quick and easy, huh? She yeah. Uh-huh. And They're coming to get you, Barbara. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Barbara's back in the, in the Barbara's back in the game. 
I saw that coming though. Like yeah. as soon as they did the whole thing with Penguin, I'm like, yep, she's next. Alfred tells uh, Bruce that Lucius has fixed his father's computer, mm-hmm. so they can finally get back to work on stuff. Um, Bruce tells Selena he won't be going back with her, and she is kind of, you know, insulted by that. Not happy about it. No. Um, they reinstate Gordon almost immediately, which I thought was really weird. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> And you know, Barnes even apologizes. Yeah, um, no, no big deal. Yeah, sorry, I, I shot you. And put you in I mean, you did still kill that other guy, but I, yeah, right. but, uh, yeah, we haven't got around to that yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he has more resolve now to try to solve the Wayne murders. Uh, and for some, he's going to put his life uh, with Lee on hold to kind of do that. Which I was surprised me. I thought that would be the first place he would go and be looking for Lee after. Getting his name cleared, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, wasn't that the whole thing too? What he said, I'm going to go back to Gotham so I can clear my name, bef- you know, and then go see her. Well, right. now, now he should do that. Well, yeah, I thought no, was- because you know what has to happen. Uh, Barbara has to go to his house and then, well, of course, be in a compromising position, and then Lee comes back and sees uh... that, and that, you know, I should have known you go back to her. Exactly. And that's exactly she's dangerous it. enough for you, Jim. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's when little Barbara Jr. gets created, or Jim Jr. I think you made. I think that's a big stretch there. Yeah, you stretch. You... Well, it's got to happen sometime. I mean, maybe we'll see. When is it going to happen? We need this sex to happen <laughs> now, preferably in this season. Okay? You sex her now. You sex you her sex now. Her now. Come on. Show me I mean, the money it, shot. I could even see. Well, if it does happen, I could see Barbara drugging Gordon, and Ooh, then doing right. that, getting pregnant, and then taking his does, baby gravy. When he goes to capture yeah. her or something, she pulls a Cosby on him. Yeah, he's <laughs> gonna roofie him and take his baby gravy. <laughs> well, I, I could see that being the case. Like when he goes to capture her, she says, "You know, I'm pregnant with your kid." We've got to get baby Batgirl in the story somewhere. Yeah, come on. Still, the oldest moral: Do not put your in crazy. Um, I don't know if you realize this, but that's that... like every relationship I've right. ever had. Oh, I'm sorry. Right, and when I try to tell people, "Hey, you're dating crazy," like, "Oh, everybody likes somebody a little crazy." No, no, right. some of us that right. are crazy look for look elsewhere for entertainment. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely married up on the crazy scale. I'm a little. Yeah, you want to try to do that as much as possible. Exactly. So then the kids are less crazy. So. Yes. Sure. Exactly. That's true. While Gordon is proving his innocence, Oswald Cobblepot, my man, is uh, you know is, is, is grieving for his father's death, and then he realizes he's like not welcome as a member of that family. Oh, they treat him so bad. They treat him really bad, and then they uh, they decide to make him the servant. Cinderella. Yeah, he becomes Cinderella pretty much. Knock on I love how he how they play right into his too, because he okay. is just yeah. He's playing them left and right. No, he was legit at first. Yeah, he you was legit. So, yes. With his, with his dad. That. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was because fi- fi- finding the poison brandy or whatever scotch or whatever it was. That's I, the setup. That's I thought what, that, that, yeah, was, that was his, that was for him. That was what you know gave him the confirmation that his suspicions were true. But I don't. No, no, no. He tried to do right. Like they, they. Uh-huh. I, I, all I kept thinking yeah, was, I guess you're right. Yeah. Cap, you, you messed him up. Why? Don't mess with him. You know oh, he's crazy. Oh, oh, but 
does she learn in the end? Does she not? They all learn in the end. So Maybe. anyway, as uh, as Chuck alluded to, um, Oswald finds out by actually poisoning the dog. He pours the brandy out that uh, that uh, poisoned his father, and it kills the dog. Poor doggy. Puppy. Yeah. I was like, why would you kill a puppy? He had that look on his face, like, um, uh, hey, puppy, gotta go. But puppy. I know. He didn't even care. He was like, oh. Um, his uh, stepmother is like uh, taunting him about the roast he needs to make for his for his dinner, for the dinner, and the dog dies, and then finally Oswald has that moment. Uh, that was a great laugh. Um, that moment where he snaps oh. back to penguin status, that laugh. It was, oh, it was, was chilling. That was almost a, a jo- Joker-ish in, in, its, in its chilliness. Exactly. Oh. That's when you know it's like, that's it's on. <laughs> I heard that, I'm like, oh, damn, it's on. You know, what the hell's going to happen? And sure right. enough, he comes out and he, he feeds Grace two different roasts. This, by the way, uh, was done in a South Park episode, too. Uh, I was going to say, did this remind yes, you of Cartman and Scott Tenneman? Scott Tenneman's chilling. Oh, the, the divorce and everything. And right, the, you know, head yeah. watching him and telling him he's a baby for crying. You can cry. Anyway, he feeds her two different roasts he's made for the special dinner and reveals, ta-da, you've just eaten your children. And, uh, so good, such such. Oh, what a great that moment! That barely registers in Grace's mind. It's just hitting her, and then Oswald brutally murders her. Then he has a drink across from her dead body. Brutal is too good of. I mean, I wow. thought. Here's what I thought: the penguin is dead. Long live the penguin! It's exactly. just back in full form. That's uh, what I thought, Titus. Yeah. He made her eat. Food that contained her children. Sure did. Yeah, that's cold. <laughs> uh, so Shakespearean. Holy crap! Mm-hmm. But they had it coming. That that was the uh, that was the capper on Gotham this week. So such a good episode. Yeah, this, I mean, I can't get over the improvement from season one to season two. Season one, it just seemed like a lot of spinning wheels and mm-hmm. you know trying to move parts into a place to make an interesting story, and then season two has just been nonstop cool. Uh, James Frain and Theo Gallivan in the beginning part of the season, and now, you know the 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 fractured uh, refractured mind of Oswald Cobblepot, all the stuff with Hugo Strange. I think it's really kind of doubled down on its comic book comic bookiness in some places. Yeah, and its kind of gothness in some places, for lack right. of a better word. Um, it's got a good balance now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I really like this episode, and I've been I've been really liking this season overall. Um, I give this a B for sure. I'm gonna go A. I just. A B for for barbecued boy. (laughs) Seriously, I just the way everything clicked together at the end, and the I don't know the cinematography, the way you know the the tableaus they were drawing, you know, at the end, and with the you know the the table and everything, it was just to me. It was so Burton esque. You know, it's so it's so sad that his 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 performance is so like idiosyncratic and 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 eclectic that. Robin, I don't think Robin Lord Taylor gets the props he should no, on this oh, show. I, agree. I mean, he's yeah, every, every bit the actor and every bit in his role as Ben McKenzie or Donald Logue or any of the other you know, A-listers in, this, in the in the um the in the um the cast. But I just I think he's brilliant. I really wish you know he'd be more recognized. Him. Yeah, I I would but, say that he's the main reason I watch the show. I mean, there's so many other parts of it that are good, but yeah. Cool. A, when when it's a, a penguin centric episode, I love it, and I I just 
I love the breaking point. I love seeing him the the transformation. I mean, I have I I have to agree. This is an A for sure. Just such a good setup. I don't know how many episodes we have left of Gotham, but I, what it's building towards, it I'm excited. I'm very excited, and I think next season's going to be very centered around Strange and all the goings-on that he's been setting up and planting the seeds for this season. So this was a very good episode to, to start heading that direction. I almost expect something like Arkham Unleashed. You know what I mean? Like just every, every, yeah, everything exactly. being split open and yeah. chaos and that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, super good show. Fire and all soldiers. Really yeah, I'd, I'd give it a B plus for sure. I, I like they didn't make this whole thing with Gordon last too long. Right. Right. You know that that would have got on my nerves if it went right. a couple episodes too long for it, and it showed him being smart. You know, like you know, Gordon just kind of did some dumb things. <laughs> well, it was like when he got arrested and stuff. They kind of cut. They were like, you know, you heard over a news uh, uh, report, you know, what had happened over the past four weeks or over the right. past three months, and you know, they didn't drag it out with like you know five weeks of courtroom drama, yeah. over you know and everything. When it when they're making some smart decisions by moving the timeline forward when they have to it, it's in and i have to agree with jim it's 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 inspiring and it's just in awe of you know this time last year we were still when is this show going to find its way when is it going to yeah, get its sure. direction and here it is a year later and i mean it's such good television even little bruce got better oh yeah yeah it sounds I, like, I, oh, why do we have to follow this little kid around no he's mm-hmm. he's getting edgy as crap it's, seriously yeah it's the direction they're taking this show it has been just fantastic, and I'm excited to see what they'll do next season. Totally agree. Okay, Lucifer, season one, episode 11, called St. Lucifer. Uh, a philanthropist has been killed. He's a former NBA star. Uh, philanthrop- I'm just going to go through the short version of this because it really has nothing to do with the rest of the story, as usual. True. That's true enough. Um, the philanthropist is killed by his wife because she felt that after the, you know, all that he had put her through, that she deserved a piece of his money. Uh, Chloe is able to figure this out with the help of the accountant of the philanthropy group, and they confront her, and then Lucifer makes her confess in front of everybody at a big gala ball that Lucifer's throwing at Lux. Uh, what else happens in this episode? Oh, Maze hooks up with the angel. Yeah, whoa. They have total, <laughs> that was coming. total mm-hmm. scene sex in a car. Knew that was coming. I do Whoa. like when she comes back into Lux and Lucifer's like, well, I know Bedhead when I see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the course of uh, their investigation, Lucifer is trying to do good deeds because he's getting, like, what he says is a rush for doing good things. Um, so he you know, he offers Lux for a tribute to the, the dead philanthropist. He sings to a room full of people, a room full of women uh, at a wake. Uh, to draw out, you know, who was really upset about him dying, and, and you know, to figure out you know, the next step of clues. Um, the story with Malcolm kind of came to a conclusion. The the cop that came back from the dead, kind of. Uh, he has Dan, you know, still uh, in a basement. He kind of taunts him a couple times, and then finally he goes and uh, confronts Lucifer and is about to shoot him. And Lucifer is like, uh, "You've taken a sucker's deal because my brother cannot do what he said he can do." He cannot keep you out of hell, but this can. And he whips out his coin that we've seen him 
playing with. And he says, I was going to use this to go back to hell, but I'm sure you could use it the other way. And he says, I'll give you this if you promise not to shoot me. So he gives it to him and he leaves. And 20 minutes later, he gets shot by the murderer. <laughs> but he's immortal. He doesn't feel. Right. This is where hurt. we get the interesting reveal. Right. The interesting. And at the end of the episode, we find out that when he's around the detective, uh, Chloe, the, uh, the cop, he is vulnerable. He can mm-hmm. bleed. He cuts his own hand while he's staying next to her uh, mm-hmm. to test his theory. But, behind his back, but she didn't see it. Yeah, behind her back, behind his back, so he didn't see it. And uh, but when he's away from her, he's a murderer again. Hmm. Which is a wonderful. I'm very curious as to who she is. There's. It's got to be something. She's supernatural in nature. She has to be. Yeah, something like that. I'm thinking maybe some sort of, you know, seraphim or. That's what I was. um, Yeah, seraphim or. Yeah, seraphim. Or or possibly, you know, in in the lineage of Christ or something. Oh, she's part of the the messianic line. Maybe. Like in dogma. Yeah, yeah, you are a Kevin Smith fanboy, aren't you? <laughs> hey, I love Dogma. But uh, that's pretty much the extent of the episode. Oh, he, you know, Lucifer is shot in the, on the floor of his apartment, and uh, douchebag Dan is the one who finds him. He breaks out of the, the basement or whatever. Lucifer's okay, and not not shot at all. So that's pretty much what happened on Lucifer this week. I think I don't think I missed anything major. Well, and the thing is, too, is is I I still have some issues with Lucifer but I enjoyed this episode I f- and I think w- the reason why is it centered more on Lucifer and right. the mysteries of what's going on with him and all this other stuff and didn't focus as much on the douchebag Dan thing and the mm-hmm. crooked cop story it gave us a little bit of a closure to that but you know I'm just because the whole thing with Dan, I'm just, I'm over it. I, I, his character right. annoys me, and I'm just, I'm ready for that to be done. And this episode, I don't know, it just, it really developed Lucifer a lot more than has been done in the past few episodes. So, I mean, I gave this a B minus because I finished it and was not upset and felt, I didn't feel like I wasted an hour. I think we've been saying all along, it really doesn't need the procedural part. No, you know, it, it, need, it needs right, to lean more right. on the Lucifer part. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I, that that um, stance has kind of worked for iZombie. Yeah. Um, so but I mean, he's the most interesting character is. in this show by far. When you take away from that, like they haven't, they're not. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the show is called Lucifer. Not but enough. I think what hurts it is they're not enough. They Lucifer, made, SVU. Right. They haven't made <laughs> the other characters as compelling. Except for, like, the, the therapist. I think she's pretty mm. pretty cool. She's awesome. Yeah, she is. I like I her. Think I she's like one of my best characters, yeah. I wish she was on it more. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, letter grades for Lucifer? C+. Plus. Love C it. Plus. <laughs> C+. <plus>. <laughs> I give it a C, but a most improved. Yeah. Now for the second most improved show, Legends of Tomorrow, The Magnificent Eight, yeah. uh, Season 1, Episode 11. Uh, which storyline would you like first, A, B, or C? 
don't know. Just toss it in the really air. And like, I just, yeah, just, just want to say I'm a huge Jonah Hex fan, and I was excited for this episode. I thought the guy who they had played Jonah Hex was pretty good. Yeah, he yeah I did too. I, did not, he did not I just stop. wish he had things to do. Yes. Well, he, he was more tied to the story than I thought he would be. Um, they went, the Our Legends team is hiding out from these new bounty hunters that we got introduced to at the end of last episode. They're coming. Oh, they're, yeah, they're coming. Look out. And um, so they hide out in what, uh, in a place that's kind of like a blind spot in time for some reason, uh, right near Stillwater, uh, Dakotas. In, they say the Dakota Territory uh, during the time of the Old West. I think it's 1871 or something. And Ray loves Westerns. Ha! Ah, I can't wait to be a cowboy and a sheriff. I want to go play cowboy. And Rep Hunter's like, yeah, I'm staying on the ship. Uh, it was a little over the top, but I liked it. I that yeah, that's the Ray Palmer I like. You know that goofy, just yeah, overly excited. You know, just okay, I, fair I, enough. I liked. Him. I was rolling my eyes a lot, but fair enough. The, uh, the yeah, main, yeah. The, their main storyline involves a gang who has been terrorizing the town, mm-hmm. just like Blazing Saddles, really. If you think about it, mm-hmm. Ray wants to confront them. He, he takes the name John Wayne. Yeah. Uh, I know. What Did in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Through various means, they end up having a showdown in the streets. Um, they steal, they uh, they raid the uh, the gang's uh, camp, and in the fight, they they take the leader of the gang. But they the gang gets a hold of Jax, um, so they decide to have a gunfight in the middle of the street. Rip Hunter versus the leader of the Stillwater gang. Rip Hunter guns him down because. I guess Rip Hunter lived this whole other life with Jonah Hex in uh, a whole other town somewhere else in the Old West. And because he left, uh, that town was no more and burned down. So, of course, Rip Hunter feels very poorly about it. But I guess uh, Rip Hunter named his son Jonas after Jonah Hex. Mm -hmm. That's how tight they were. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, They mentioned that in the episode. But anyway, they, they overcome, and uh, they take out the gang, and uh, the day is saved until the bounty hunters show up. But that's at the very end of the episode, and I'll stop right I'll save that for later. We also have the subplot of Kendra and Sarah, which was boring as hell. Yes. And had no point whatsoever. No. And it turns Just out reinforcement that, of the same thing you've been doing all this time. Exactly. And Kendra accidentally bumps into a version of herself in a past right. life. Yeah. From nurse, uh, the version nurse of her the version of her in a past life says, Look, if you hook up with any dude other than Carter, he dies. Mm-hmm. You know, tragedy, tragedy, tragedy. He dies. And even when you hook up with Carter, he dies. And then he dies too. <laughs> so what's so, the yeah. point? You get the it's like the Venus flytrap thing going on. Exactly. Uh, so, basically, uh, you know, she says you're never going to be happy with any other man, and all this other stuff. And of course, Sarah gives her the speech. It's like, look, your destiny is yours. You can be the woman you want to be. You can make the choices because. Da, 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 da. And then yeah, she yeah. has, and then she has a scene with Ray later where she tells him she loves him and they kiss. So. I mean, it it was all a bit corny and you know all the dream and whatnot but at the same time (laughs) it wasn't even that it was corny it it wasn't you know for me it wasn't even that it was corny it just seemed long and pointless 
Like, get to the more yeah, interesting stories. At the same time, it's it's the whole thing of, you know, because Sarah was right, as corny as her speech was, you know, your destiny is what you make it. You know, you can't sit here and listen to somebody that, you know, just because they believe that way doesn't mean it has to be that way. Right. You know, what I don't understand what the writers is. What's the need to keep going on and on about this? Like, you right. first, she didn't want to date anybody because she just got her memories of her past lives back. Mm-hmm. The next episode, you have them dating. Next episode, she's unsure. Another, she stayed there for, what, two years? Yeah, they were, like, married for two Now years. she's in love. She comes back. You have her kind of act like she's... Her, her memories start to reassert themselves again when she gets back with the team, and she kind of she's kind of standoffish to him. And yeah. then you have it that, oh, no, it's no big deal. I'm still in love with you. It's not a big deal. And then you have them go to this to this other um to this time and now we get the whole thing of you will never be happy. They will all die in tragedy, blah blah blah. You know it's gonna affect her. Even though she at the end says she still right. loves him, you know it's gonna something's gonna happen and it's gonna yeah. affect her. Like he's almost gonna die or something, and she's gonna say, I It happened see. because of me. I need to get out of your life. Well, of course. I mean, but, you know, at the same time, I wish they would just realize that we don't need this formulaic, but yet so complex. We didn't need for them together at all. We just want to see Hawk Girl whooping ass. That's what we want to see. Like, I don't, like the whole thing with her, like you set up this nice thing of having Sarah training her to control her abilities and learn to fight, you know, to harness their abilities to fight better. And then you have uh, Kendra kind of being a tether to Sarah to kind of get a hold on her. Then you don't use it. Like you, you set that up and then we get nothing. We get no more training with them. We get no more, you waste it by having the same trope of she has to hook up with one of the male members of the group. As opposed to, you would rather do that and have them hook up just to break them up as opposed to having two, writing two strong female characters who form a good friendship and develop that and make them better as characters. You, You just ignore that altogether just for us to have this Will they or won't they be together? Yeah, we don't need the Ross and Rachel and CW-ness of it. We I, just I really expected better with that. But, like, and, and, I mean, the whole thing is, is is that they're just falling into that formulaic relationship nonsense. Right? And, and the writers need to just stop. They need. I think Arrow and, and Lexus have a problem writing women. I don't that's disagree. That's accurate. Because I, I really can't get behind, like, 90% of their women, so that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think they really... And when you look at Supergirl and you look at how they developed the relationship between... And some of these people have worked on the same shows. I mean, they're not, like, that right. much yeah. apart. Like, you see how they developed the relationships between Kara and her sister and and Cat Grant and, and, and Kara. And, like, you see those female dynamics, and it's like, right. what is so hard to do that... With the other shows, like you don't, right? And you see, like with Cat Grant, she does have her emotional moments, but then, true to her character, she swallows the, 
you know, her pride, and she goes on, and she, cause, because she is that strong female, yeah. you know, leadership mm-hmm. character, and you know, they have those vulnerabilities, but at the same time, they don't focus the show on those vulnerabilities. I don't understand. And I get that Kendra is still kind of in 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 the middle somewhere of her transformation, you know. But at the same time, she's starting to to flood into her head four thousand years of experience. She's not going to act like some t- teenager puppy right. love nonsense. I just. It's, like they it's, write it's her is so for the flaky. They write her right. is so That's flaky. Right. Like really you, you set her up with with um from Flash. You set her up with Cisco. Who was awesome. hey, with Cisco. I'm old. Don't forgive me. Yeah, uh, you you set her up with Cisco, and she they had a nice little de- uh, developing relationship, and the chemistry was nice, and, and it was good. Two seconds later, you have her just totally. Oh, this is your soulmate. You've been together for lifetimes. Right, like, Sorry, but, but then you also say she doesn't remember it enough that the emotions are there. So why? So how does she forget about all her other life just like that? Like, how do you forget about your current life just like she has? And it really makes it does a disservice to her, and I think it kind of does a disservice to how you portray women in this show because you do portray them as being um, just flighty and, and their emotions are just so immature that they can go from liking somebody to not liking them or being in love with somebody like on a whim. And, and the men get to, to have, you know, the men get to have long lasting loves, you know, they're, they're women that they still love on their shows and they, they're committed to, and they still get to have that. But with the women, they just write them. It's just so unless they're Oliver. Did well, even with Oliver. I mean, he he doesn't cheat on Felicity. He, I mean, he might have lied, but he's the one. In no, fact, but they has make Felicity... he had a happy ending to any relationship he's had with? Yeah, woman? yeah. But hold on, they make Felicity seem like the flighty one because she can't like she dumps him and then wants to be back with him and then dumps him again and then wants to be back with him. To make her feel seem like the the one that can't emotionally handle anything. Like even before that, when she got hurt, she went through that whole thing of maybe I don't want to be with him, maybe I do. Like, I is it that they don't have women writing on these shows? I, I don't get what I don't understand what the deal is. And and do you have to be a woman to to not write them as like that? I mean, we all as a man, we all know women. You have mothers and sisters and friends and stuff like to write them just so we, we may not fully understand the mysteries. Of I'd them. say that that's that's a whole. But we 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 know how to how interactions you and know how that they're not flighty like women this. like be. they're all right. not flighty and inconsistent and not dependable in terms of their own and not confident in their own emotions. Like I just don't. I don't know. It's it's to the point where you could take it a little bit here and there, but it's to the point now where it's just it really irks me when I watch Legends and and Arrow. Right. Like it it just irks me, and I'm not even thinking about it that much. But it like it's just so obvious to me how they're doing it. It, it just it just comes off as really. The, the interesting thing is uh, that you know, the other the other Berlanti shows have really well written. Yeah, female characters like That's... Supergirl and Cat Grant yeah. Yeah. and Flash. I mean, you've got you so know, you could do it. 
<laughs> like it's, yeah. it's not like you can't do it. So I don't understand why on those other two shows that they have such a problem with this. It's just what weirds me out, man. Yeah, I give this one a C. I think it's improved from last week. You know, there were some good things in it, but there were a lot of things that just kind of annoyed me. Yeah, it's, it's got to get a C minus from me. I look at, and it messed me up because I like Jonah Hex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For this to 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 bog this show down, this episode especially with all this nonsense. When we could have got a really cool uh, Jonah Hex thing, I mean, I in, in fact, I would have loved uh-huh. to have seen Snark be made the sheriff and having an uncomfortable of of having to help people and be protective of a town when he doesn't really want that right. that role. And I think him and and seeing him interact with Jonah Hex with their two personalities, you know how they are. I think that would have been a cooler. Yeah, that would that would have been good. Was, I want. I want a spinoff of Jonah Hex, like a six or something, you know, not a full-blown TV show, but, you know, and the other thing, too, is I don't know if you read the Jonah Hex after the New 52 that when, when Palmiotti and Gray were writing it, but, um, you know, they tied the whole thing in with old Gotham, you mm-hmm. know, with what was being written in the current Batman books and stuff by Scott Snyder. And, you know, it'd be cool since we've kind of seen, you know, with Arrow that the city is kind of an analog to Gotham in a way, like he's kind of an analog to Batman somewhat. I would love to see, you know, them do that same kind of storyline of crossing that, but have it with, you know, Old West Star City or whatever. So... What were we saying earlier, Jim? Like, get rid of Rip... (laughs) <laughs> it has yeah, a uh, well, poster. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's a, uh, there was like a line in this episode that made me think he might be part of the lineup of legends next uh-huh. season where he's like, you know, Rip's like, we'll meet, you know, maybe we'll meet again, friend. You know, he's like, well, maybe we will or whatever. And I'm thinking, oh, they're going to th- consider him now for six. That would be cool. Because they said season two of Legends is going to be a different cast. Right. To a certain extent, so. But yeah, I would I love get... if it was shorter. Epi- like, don't have it be one long Right. adventure have it be right. maybe two arcs or and i mean two episodes or something with more of a rotating cast too yeah bring yeah. In more characters and have them interact i think that'd be great right yeah yeah i gave this episode a c plus and the plus is from jonah i did i did enjoy jonah hex on here i'm a big fan of that character and uh, overall, I feel that this episode definitely was better and, and going in a better direction than what the last few have been. Um, but I still do have a problem with Rip Hunter. I, I think we all do. But yeah. um, one, I, he just seems like angry Rory from Doctor Who. Yeah, he gets he get worse with that, too. I don't, yeah. even, I don't know what that means. Uh, he played... A, I, know, I know he did. Okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, just... Anyway, um, he... he And it's not the actions that his character has to do in the scenes or even some of the dialogue. It's how he's delivering it. It's just way over the top. And I just can't believe that any of the directors in any of the episodes have not tried to dial him down a notch. He's just a little too over the top in the way he delivers his lines. Even the way he stood, even the way he stood, like I thought he had a, I thought he was having a stroke. With the head tilted to the side, I thought something yeah. was wrong with his back yeah. or something. Like trying to look, he's, was that you trying to look like a cowboy? I he's mean, almost it's... constantly talking over his shoulder. Have you yes. That? Like it's... whenever he talks, he's always looking at something else and kind of talking over his shoulder through his jacket. 
at the rest of like, everyone. What are you doing? That's like, not that's not good. You know, he's supposed no. to be the leader. He's supposed to be. Um, I forgot the subplot with uh, Professor um, Victor Garber's character, mm-hmm. um, Professor Stein, saving the life of a young H.G. Wells, well, thanks I, to some streptomycin. That was a cool little yeah. one. Uh, that was good. I knew the kid had to be somebody. Yeah, you yeah. had. It was Birdie. I'm like, who? But yeah, H.G. Wells. So that was Legends. And now we will uh, say goodbye to Jerry since we're going to be moving on to the I Zombie season um, finale. I, I, I still haven't even rated uh, Legends oh, of Lame. I'm sorry. Yet, but... I'm sorry. <laughs> I just see? always assume like a, an L for Lame from you. Me off, Dave. <laughs> see? Yes, it was not as I roll worthy as it usually is, but I rolled my eyes several times, and non Rory still sucks, and. You still call him. Uh, you still call him Legends of Lame. So I figured. Yeah. I just. I can't. So see. <laughs> All right. So. You guys have a good evening. Talk about your zombies in your eyes, and I will. Hi, Terry. Have fun storming the castle. <laughs> storming the castle. Bye. Thanks. Okay, I Zombie, uh, double season finale, double episode. Um, so great. First episode is called Deadbeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Major is in jail, uh, charged with being the chaos killer, and he's hungry for brains. Yes. Uh, so uh, Liv and Ravi and, and Peyton, Ravi brings Liv up to speed on what's really going on. You know, the, 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 all the people were frozen and blah, blah, blah. And Drake's probably still alive. Because that's who Liv seems really worried about more than anyone else is Drake, mm-hmm. uh, her boyfriend. Um, they realize, you know, he's in there. He doesn't have any brains. we got to figure out a way to brain him up. Um, Ravi and Liv go out to the storage facility where the bodies are frozen. And all the freezers are empty and cleaned Oops. out. Uh, thanks to, we imagine, Von Duclark. Um well, in the last episode, right before he got Major got arrested, wasn't he whispering in what's his name's ear, saying they found his storage unit or something? I was thinking that anyway. Hmm. I'm not sure. Um, Von Du Clark does get uh, Brent Stone to defend Major, uh, played by Ken Marino, who you might remember from the state as the "I'm going to dip my balls in it" guy. Yeah, man. Oh, I want to yeah. dip my balls in it. You know, that guy, he was... That still cracked me up, so I don't know why. I guess he loves hitting on Peyton as well. Uh, Vaughn has landed a deal to sell Supermax to a private military contractor. He calls him, uh, think Blackwater, but not as cuddly. <laughs> I don't think it's cuddly, <laughs> I think yeah. of Blackwater. But um, they want to buy everything that has to do with Supermax, lock, stock, and barrel. But it's uh, one of the uh, the deal breakers would be if uh, Supermax is somehow tied to the Chaos Killer. So Vaughn tells Jenko, uh, his evil henchman, to go kill Liv and Major. Why not? Uh, Brant, the, uh, the sleazy lawyer, gets laid a Major out on bail. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention Clive gets the, uh, uh, the guy who sold Major all the stuff that he used as the mute murders, the grenades... The guns and everything mm-hmm. saw Major's picture on TV, and uh, decided and wants a deal. Uh, so he's um, Cloud is making some serious headway on that. Um, uh, the lawyer gets Major out of jail on bail. Janko's out there waiting for him with like an evil umbrella, like 
kind of reminded me of the penguin, you know. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. With the blade out of the front of the umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to try to take you know, a run at Major. Um, Ravi is waiting for him, literally standing there with a brain shake. Sure and is. And a cop waiting for him. And, and, and when Liv starts saying stuff like, oh, okay, only 100 yards, I knew something was going to happen. You know it. You know it. Oh, it's, yeah. And as soon as he got to the car, before he could get to the brain shake, Clive arrests him again. Damn it. But this time for the meat cute murders. Mm-hmm. Um, again, but there are no bodies or anything, so they really um, the lawyer thinks to be able to move their way out of it. Uh, Major is hopeless at this point. He's ready, he's asking Liv for the cure, even though it's going to wipe out his memory. Right. Like Blaine, um, and they're trying to think of all these different ways to get Major brains. Um, Liv makes these candy bars that have brain in them, and Peyton has to like kind of Peyton has to kind of flirt with the skeevy lawyer to get him to give it to. Uh, Major, but then the lawyer screws up because his dog eats the bar. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I saw that coming. Oh, so mad. And there's only <laughs> one thing that uh, Liv has to do. There's only one thing left for her to do. She goes to Clive and tells him everything. Tell the truth. This was huge. This was oh, so huge. Oh, I was yeah. surprised. I was not expecting this this season at all. No, not at all. Because I mean, no. Clive has been like so like on the periphery and trying to figure out what's going on. You know, he even tells Dale earlier, like, he thinks it's a brain cult or something. He can't quite figure out what it is. Because uh, there are brains everywhere and he can't figure out why. Um, but, I mean, Liv goes over to his house and explains it to her. And uh, Clive's like, I don't believe you. So Liv walks over to the kitchen, <laughs> grabs the biggest kitchen knife she can find, and stabs herself Damn. in the chest. Yeah, oh, just... wow. It was, man. And what a scene. I just... What it was so great. I was just jaw on the floor. She goes all white and her eyes go all red. She goes mm-hmm. full, full zombie. And she says, Now do you believe me? I um guess I have to. So now he so now Clive knows everything and believes it. Because of that he scuttles the whole case. Sure does. And doing so loses Dale. I felt so bad for Clive. That was horrible. I couldn't believe he couldn't say something, uh, anything. You know, they yeah. came up with I felt something so bad. to tell her, but he had, tells her nothing. You know? I felt so bad. Near the end of the episode, Liv is back in the and Ravi are back in the morgue. You know, the, the case against Major's been uh, thrown out thanks to Clive's help. He kind of destroys both cases by making you know muddying the evidential waters, mm-hmm. so Major can be set free, so they can stop the zombie apocalypse. So. Go, go team Liv on that one. But meanwhile, when Liv comes back to work, she's like very, say, oh, I'm happy to be back in the morgue. Do, 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 do. And gets clocked by Janko. And Janko is rolling around on a, on a uh, gurney as the Ravi is coming in. And he doesn't recognize him at first. And then he realizes what's going on. And then clocks Janko on the back of the head. Mm-hmm. It's a, um, uh, I think it's a fire extinguisher or something. And gets Liv out of there. He tries to wake Liv up. Janko wakes back up. They fight. Uh, he's got Janko's got a tra- the tranquilizer gun that uh, Major had, and he had it set to a lethal dose, evidently, because him and Ravi struggle, and Janko ends up getting tranquilized to death. And uh, Clive, you know, basically kind of screws and scotches the whole case to help Liv mm-hmm. and, and Major, and says not one thing to Dale about it. Like Dale really like confronts him and wants to know what the hell is going on. But he won't say anything to her about it. Um, when Liv wakes up, the henchman is dead. Ravi's really shaken. But Liv decide, figures out there's a silver line to all this. That she can mm-hmm. eat Janko's brain 
and figure out what happened to the other zombies. Yep. Yep. Um, they go to the part. They go back to their apartment. Major is on drummer brain and excited, you know, to be like you know not hungering, I guess, and to be out of jail and stuff. And uh, Liv uh, is looking down to drumming, and that starts that gives her um, a flash, and she sees Drake and the rest of the now defrosted zombies locked in the basement of Max Rager. And she tells the rest of the gang they're still alive. Drake's still alive. They're still there. So that ended the first half of the the, uh, the finale. The second half was called Salivation Army, and <laughs> there's so much going on in this episode. I don't even know where to start and where to begin. Um, we'll start out at the beginning. Peyton is upset because uh, they disbanded her to Stacy Boss Task Force, and uh, because of this, Mister Boss is emboldened. Oh, first of all, Peyton is really bummed out about the, them shutting down the Mr. Boss Task Force, and Ravi is there to comfort her. So they hook back up, and Liv and Major come home to find them making out, and then they're like, uh, okay, bye, and they go up to the bedroom together. So they're back together, which is cool. I wanted those two to get back together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mr. Boss is emboldened by the demise of the Task Force, and he decides to go after Donnie and Chief. Um, poor chief, uh, for selling Utopium. Then he finds out that Blaine is still alive. <laughs> he sends men yeah. to track him down. He says, I want him dead. Really dead. I want him, what was it, super dead? I want his head in a hat box. I want, yeah. you, to, I want you to wrap it up and give it to me for you know, as a gift. Um, I really like Mr. Boss. Yeah, Mr. Boss is great. Um, they can't. They they see that Blaine is still alive because he comes into the. It's funny because Blaine doesn't know who they are, but immediately realizes he's in deep shit when he sees them. You you know it. Blaine runs and uh, to entice uh, to try to uh, entice Blaine back. The uh, they grab Peyton. They kidnap Peyton. And they beat the heck out of Ravi uh, in the process. Poor. Ravi. Um, I know, and this is how Ravi finds out that Blaine uh, was sleeping with Peyton. Too. Like, this is the way he finds out. <laughs> but because of what happens to Peyton, this forces Robbie and Blaine to team up. Yeah. Which is pretty cool, actually. They both go, uh, they, they go in. Blaine has, like, night vision goggles and takes out pretty much everybody and saves Peyton. And by the time Robbie. Cool scene. And by the mm-hmm. time Robbie. But the, yeah, but the thing that really, like, made a point you remember, by the time Robbie got there, um, he, he was comforting Peyton. He was, like, holding her in his arms. And yeah. Ravi just, like, I don't know, looked uh, breathless. Damn it. Yeah, I know. He's like, I finally got back with her, and now this happens. Damn it. God dang it. I, I don't I don't think it's going to be a problem, though. One, Blaine has no clue who, who you know, so. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think well, it's, it's just a setback for him to be a little jelly. But for a guy with no memory, he had a really like wicked like Call of Duty streak going mm-hmm. on. There, you know? sure yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. Uh, with, the, with the, uh, the goggles or whatever. Uh, okay, the main part of the show, uh, Liv and Major eat some Jenko brain, and then they start making plans to uh, infiltrate a prison-themed party that they're throwing in an underground garage. Very and interesting. The, I love the, the my, <laughs> this is one of my favorite lines of this episode. Clive is like, they're they're doing a lockdown party in the garage. And he just shakes his head and goes, "White people." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was just like, ah, I was dying. 
in a funny episode, it's like, yeah, only they would like have a party where they were locked in. Clark's still dealing with some of the fallout from his decision from last episode. He says, there's a scene where he sits next to Dale's empty desk. You know, I still, like we said, feel bad for him and everything, but I really never clicked with her character, so... I mean, and I have a feeling she'll be back, but... Yeah. I'm hoping that they that she comes back in a different capacity. I, I don't know. It's just... I, I'm sad for Clive, but I'm kind of glad to see her character. Go. Oh, I loved her, man. I yeah, she. I thought her and him were really good together. They were funny together. They were so sarcastic and sardonic together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why I thought they worked really well. Yeah. They had good chemistry and all kinds of stuff. Um, they have the Vaughn problem to deal with. Vaughn Duclark, of course, uh, is having this giant party. Uh, but and uh, he's, At first, Clive is like, oh, he's going to sit out on Livin' Major's uh, operation because it sounds a little too intense. But then he decides to tag along, and he gets to the party just in time for the zombie outbreak. It was funny. He's, he's at the gate, and there was like the really heavy set uh, security guy. Uh huh. And he's like, uh, and Rob Thomas, the singer, shows up. And then the show is produced and written by a guy named Rob Thomas. So they got right. the other Rob Thomas from Matchbox Twenty. He shows up, and then Clive is like, "I'm with the band." He goes, "Go ahead, just say you came in with Rob Thomas." I, he gets away with all kinds. of <laughs> it was so funny so Rob Thomas is performing at the, the Max Rager party a, uh, a few of the Max Rager scientists find some leftover tainted utopium from the boat party that started it all then they decide to take it and drink some Supermax which immediately turns them into zombies or as they called in this episode Full Romero I thought that was a nice, yeah. nice oh, turn yeah. that I hadn't heard before you know um, there's a lot of carnage. It, it was a pretty great scene. There's a, an a, a awesome scene where they're all running for the gate for the security guy. And the security guy at first is trying to unlock the gate, and then he sees the zombies behind him, and he just leaves the gate locked and runs. Yeah, he's like, uh-uh-uh, this. I am, I'm out. I'm O-U-T. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. I don't blame him. That Listen, was I'm a big dude. I can't yeah. do cardio. I I'm can't gone. run as fast as you. I need I'm a head start. Um... The gang gets trapped in the security office, and they're run, they're running out of ammo. And uh, Liv is uh, trying to convince Clive to become a zombie. It's the only way because he's what they're coming after, not them. Uh, but he refuses. He does not. He's like, there's got to be other options yeah. besides becoming a zombie. Um, by the way, I thought it was cute that Major and Liv ate the same brain. So they were like thinking on the same wavelength and stuff. Yeah, they were insane. Oh, what a couple! What a couple thing to do, huh? Kind of romantic. Yeah, um, they uh, they <laughs> they go into the uh, they go out there without you know the thing that's gonna be their last stand. But Vivian, the military contractor who wants to buy the Supermax and the Max Ranger and everything, is out there kicking eighteen kinds of butt <laughs> with like Uzis, and she has guns that she gives all of them and restocks their ammo. It was so like a video game. It was like Resident Evil or something, you know. Here's yeah. your respawn, here's your restock. It was pretty funny. Liv, Clive, and Major go down to the secret laboratory. And as they poke around, Vaughn gets to jump on them. And they separate Liv and Clive and Major and Rita. Because Rita is trying to help them get free. Rita's being trapped down there too now that she's been zombified. Liv and Clive are locked in the room with the defrosted zombies. Liv finds Drake, who's gone full Romero because of the Vaughn's experiment. And then Vaughn sets Drake free. And then Liv has to 
either you know has to uh, has no choice but to kill him because he goes after Clive. So she ends up putting a couple in his head. Oh, should kill her own boyfriend. We're drag. She always has to have a tragedy, man, and she uh, likes him man. I uh, major and uh, and Rita listen to Vaughn's like uh, monologue, which is pretty hilarious. Rita's his daughter, and she says like, "Did you ever care for me?" He goes, "You always have to make everything about you." <laughs> such a you, joke. you, you, and all this stuff. It's like I, I, you're not the one who lost a billion dollar deal today. But <laughs> you know, I was. Oh, he's such a jerk. He was going off, and finally, Major has a gun in his hand. He shoots through the glass, bashes through the glass, and that was cool. Ends up shooting um, Devon's hand, mm-hmm. and because he shoots him in the hand, Devon can't use the elevator to get back down. I love it. It was like a, um, a biometric thing or whatever. Major uh, kind of traps Devon in the elevator with some fully rabid zombies, and one of them is Rita, who's gone full Romero, mm-hmm. and quotes back to, Devon, to Vaughn something Vaughn told him like episodes ago about being the guy in the submarine movie who shuts the hatch behind him. Right. <laughs> and that's what he does to the top of the elevator. <laughs> and that's the end of, uh, of Vaughn Duclark. Um, Couldn't happen to a, a nicer guy. Exactly. Yeah, no doubt. The, the elevator door opens. Uh, Liv and Clive see Rita feasting on her father's brain. Uh, Rita tries to attack Liv. A major puts puts one in her head and stops her. And uh, moments later, Vivian's soldiers come upstairs. They demand the zombies go with them. Mm-hmm. Liv decides to have a talk with Vivian to find out what's what. Uh, Vivian reveals that she's a zombie. Her company is run by zombies. And she wants to turn Seattle into a safe haven. And they're sitting on the stage. Rob Thomas is playing, eating his brain. Yep. And yep. like, and her lieutenant is playing a Matchbox 20 song <laughs> <laughs> on acoustic guitar. It was so um, great. She's like, you know, she's asking Liv, are you hungry? Do you, would you like some? You should really have some of this Rob Thomas brain. And she's like, do you, are you uh, with us or against us? And that's the end of the episode. Very interesting setup for now. Do I? I did the what? 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 Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw that. I'm like, so there's going to be a zombie homeland in Seattle, and these mm-hmm. guys are already zombies, and it changes the dynamic of the show for sure. It changes everything. Plus, the big bad, the big bad has changed. Yeah, on from yeah. Vaughn to Vivian. I wonder if all the big bads are going to start with a V. <laughs> I know, right? But uh, <laughs> I mean, Rita's out. Of the game and Drake's yep. out of the game and I mean everything has changed and maybe even Blaine he becomes an ally now maybe. yeah I was gonna say you know I mean Mr. Boss is gonna be looking for them for sure right so I mean there's a lot of stuff going on here a lot of moving parts but what a great episode awesome like full zombie outbreak on eyes zombies something we haven't seen on the show before no no you know, so yeah. I give this an A+. Plus. This was I thought this was a great way to end the season. I had no problems with the story, with the logic, with the plot, characterization, humor. I just thought it was great. Up, up, down, center, A+. Plus. Oh, yeah. I, I have to, for this show, I think this is, yeah, this is definitely the best episode of this show uh, by far. I had to get an A. I had to give it an A for that. Yeah, I, I have to say uh, A++. Plus plus extra credit turned in just wow i mean i they tied up almost all the little plot lines that have been going on all the little threads throughout the season and um and then i don't know th- it, and threw out some huge new ones right so right did, you, know, you know but that's it. it it they ended it 
then you know maybe I, I I think just from the way it played out, I'm thinking that they probably filmed it a couple different ways in case they didn't get renewed or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, I I think it played out perfect, and I'm excited for what's coming with Vivian. So. Well, I'm glad. I'm excited to see how the dynamic with Clive and uh, and Liv is going to be now. Right. Yeah. yeah. And what's going to happen with Clive in the department now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too is is, you know, I wasn't sure as it was happening if I liked the fact that she's finally revealing to Clive because there some of the little looks he gives when <laughs> the craziness is going on. You know, we, we probably won't get that as much, but after seeing what's been, you know, set up for next season, mm-hmm. it makes sense to have him know because for him to still be in the dark on that and go into dealing with Seattle becoming a zombie, you know, haven, um, it's good that he knows now. Then there's not all that awkwardness and crap it, you know, going into the beginning of next season. Here's what I like the best. They actually had a good reason to tell him. Totally. Exactly. You know I mean, it wasn't yep. just yep. a thing of like, oh, by the way, Clive, here's this. You know, They had to tell him, and so they did. They kept him out of the loop as yep. long as they could. But exactly. then it made sense in the story for them to tell him, and you know they had to uh, in a story sense, and I really appreciated that, that you know they didn't just it was just like an offhand moment in the, in the show or whatever. It was a big deal. It was a big deal, and it was because they had to tell him. It wasn't because they you know just wanted to or or whatever you know. So I Zombie, the star of the show this week for sure. Um, so real quick news bits, and we'll get out of here, guys. I know you have pressing appointments across town. Um, Batman the Killing Joke, the animated version that we've been hearing so much about coming out this summer, has been given an R rating, which kind of is weird considering the MPAA doesn't rate DVDs. Yeah, I'm saying. They only rate feature films. All right, yeah. But it's saying here that it is, for that for those intents and purposes, getting an R rating. Hmm. Um, considering the subject matter, I'm not that surprised. Yeah, you would think it, it would be. Like, unless they were to really, like, water it down or whatever, then I would think that would be, you know, that they would have to be in our, our, um, our Yeah. Race, for sure. Um, the Warner Brothers CEO has confirmed that there will be a Batman standalone film with Ben Affleck. It's in development. Yay. It is That's happening. Surprising. Um, also, if you go to our Facebook group, DCTV Podcast Facebook group, and we got some new members this week. We're almost up to 200 members, which is awesome. Thank you so much. Um, uh, Warner Brothers DC Comics movie Sizzle Reel Description. They had a big um, uh, meeting for Warner Brothers shareholders and theater owners uh, called CinemaCast, and they did a big civil, uh, um, what they call a Sizzle Reel, where they have like a presentation of what they have to come in the next few years. And this very much, this is, they had it presented by Affleck and Gal Gadot and uh, um, um, uh, Henry Cavill and the, the people who actually, and Zack Snyder was there. And they really were like selling the ideas of the next few movies to the group. And it was interesting to read the, uh, the description of that. Real quick, I just wanted to ask you, Daryl, what did you think of Justice League versus Teen Titans? It, it was... A weird one. The dynamic was a little off for me when it when, I mean I, I'm a little tired of Damien with the anger. Yeah. And I thought that since you already did two previous movies, 
about him he and his attitude you would think that he would come around better than that it seems like they they go right back to him being just all jerk again right. the way he was the son of batman right and it's like what was the point of even it again it goes back to the some of the cw uh, with legend and and arrow it's like why why have character development at all if you're not gonna adhere to it I will say this. People always bitch and moan about the anime influence of Teen Titans Go. Mm-hmm. This, in its own way, was as anime influenced in some places as that. Oh, it totally, when they changed it was clothes? So, yes, like, especially like the Star Fox transformation. <laughs> that was right out of Sailor Moon, dude. I did a what the F? Like, I, I was yeah, watching definitely. it. I think I was on the elliptical. I was watching it. I almost fell off because I was like, what the hell are they doing? I like, when so did it turn anime. into a... Uh, a Sailor Moon thing, like what? crazy anime. I'm like, wow, this is. It's like, like they, it's going like a regular animated DC, you know, animated thing. And did all you of a sudden not they like go, Teen Titans Go? Did you not like that? Oh, I liked not it. For me. They're, he liked it, but it's not for me. My my daughter, it's like her favorite show, man. Because I love Teen, Teen Titans Go and the look, that whole anime look of it and everything. Well, I mean, it's not for everybody. It's, it's not for everybody. Yeah. I was trying to make not that you know somebody. It's just it just was. I like still had yeah, I still haven't seen this film yet. Um, I haven't if, picked it up yet. But if it started out that way, it would be different. But it did. It started out like the regular, right? The, the previous and, uh, animated, show. and then well, and then the previous animated ones like Son of in, that are in this storyline, Son of mm-hmm. Batman, Red Hood. Right. Uh, there are like anime influences in right. the art itself. Right. And then some of the action sequences. Exactly. But I thought this one was like super anime. It totally did. Like way more than those even. And And then there was the ending was a little unclear with Cyborg's role now. Yeah. That was a little unclear, I guess, till the next movie. I guess you know until they kind of explain that. So I don't I don't know what where they're going with that. I thought I was hoping. I guess I was hoping we would get Nightwing. In this, yeah, I was hoping did. for a little more extensive uh, Titans roster myself. Yeah, yeah, I was. It was I kind was... of a short, short list of uh, of of uh, you know characters there. Yeah, but but I mean there were some cool parts and everything. I just mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean after some of the other DC things they put out, I, I guess I just hold it to too high of a standard. It was funny the other day. I was I, for some reason I just put on uh, the New Frontier, right? Uh, the animated version, and I just forgot how incredible that was. Um, so good. Um, so, yeah, I thought this was just kind of so-so. I didn't think it was that great. Yeah, it, it's uh, like an, a little disappointing because I thought that the one before this had, was really an improvement with Batwoman yeah. and Batgirl. You know, like with Batwoman. Bad and Blood, yeah. Batman, yeah. Bad Blood. Bad yeah. Blood. I thought that that was a vast improvement over um, the previous ones. I thought they were getting on track, but this seemed to All be right. like going back down a little bit. In, in terms of the story, mm-hmm. but I really uh, enjoyed Bad Blood, and it and again, like you said, it was better than the previous, and mm-hmm. I thought that we were gonna, you know, keep going on the upswing. I still haven't seen this one yet, but now sounds like I'm gonna be a little let down. They've been ending up on Netflix. Like I know they dropped yeah. uh, Flashpoint yeah. and War and yep. Son of Batman and mm-hmm. like. All, I mean, all these animated uh, features have most of them end up on Netflix. And HBO, uh, pretty much, have, have, they have uh, all the ones before DC Fifty Two came. Like they mm-hmm. have uh, Year One, right? Uh, Dark Knight, Red Hood, Red Hood, Red Hood. Uh, Superman, the Superman Batman story, uh, Public Enemies, 
And then the one after that, when Supergirl's introduced, right. they have both apocalypse. of them. Yeah, the apocalypse right. one. So it, it's um, I'm glad that they have it. I mean, you know, it's available and more people can see it. You know, Absolutely. they probably wouldn't check it out because they wore. They wouldn't even know about it. They wouldn't even be thinking about it. But right. And I'm glad they did it. I asked the uh, the Facebook group where they thought their best episodes of DCTV were this week. It was kind of a trick question because neither Flash nor Arrow were this week. Yeah. Um, Chuck Krieger, uh, Loredan said uh, Supergirl for him. Two people agreed. Uh, Derek E. Rich said uh, Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl. Uh, John Davis, iZombie has set up a nice story for you next year. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Luke Foster, uh, Supergirl, this show has done nothing but get more awesome for the last six to seven episodes. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And then Emmanuel Gibson agreed, yeah, definitely Supergirl. Um, it would be close. I, I'd say iZombie for me, and then Supergirl would be a close second this week for sure. Uh, I think that's all we have for news right now. Oh, although the um, there are rumors there's going to be a four-hour R-rated cut of Batman v Superman. I hope so. Headed back to theaters, nice, um, fairly soon. And uh, oh yes, we did get that one more that new trailer for Suicide Squad since we convened last. Oh, it was so good. Uh, with the oh, ballroom really? blitz, ballroom blitz by Sweet. Loved it. Music. Absolutely. So good. It looks yeah. so good. I can't wait to see it, man. I. I, I told you guys before BBS came out, that's my most anticipated Mar- uh, DC Cinematic Universe movie right there. Yeah. Suicide yeah. Squad. So I am stoked. Okay, doke. If you enjoy Geeky Podcasts, I imagine you would because you've been listening to this one. Oh, wait, real quick before I go mm-hmm. into the, the spiel, I mm-hmm. want to thank our listeners so much. We've been in the What's Hot listing uh, on iTunes now for three weeks straight. Oh, that's great. Wow. Like about halfway through the list. You know, we're not like right there and, you know, the first when you open the page. But if you scroll about halfway down, uh, we're there. We have been for the past three weeks. So I want to thank all the listeners. The little popularity bar on iTunes next to the uh, most recent episode is, is almost always full. So thank you so much for that. If you could give us an iTunes review to go along with that, that'll pop us even higher on the What's Hot uh, scenario area. And that would be great. We'd really appreciate that. Um, also the Facebook group, as I mentioned, HHWLOD.com is where you find the show. Also the Walking Dead TV podcast. As we follow Fear of the Walking Dead, we had some guy on the last episode named Donnie Dar- Darren, Darren, oh, that guy. Darren Tyler. Yeah, that guy. Darren, he was such a know-it-all. Oh, oh. hated him. You don't like it when you, you know, know everything. I, mean, I know, I hate it. But anyway, he was on there. Some jerk. Has his, has his own podcast network. Ugh. But uh, we're covering Fear of the Walking Dead as it's been coming out, and uh, kind of coming to it fresh with you know an open mind to see, we'll see what's going on there. Uh, we also uh, it should be LOD. Uh, you can get it's all connected, which covers the Marvel television shows uh, much the same way we cover the DC side of things uh, with Russ and Matthew and the uh, the friends over there at the uh, Marvel Exchange. Uh, Let's see. And once you've exhausted all that, if you still need more stuff to listen to uh, in, of a geeky nature, then head over to the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com because you will find so much other stuff there. It'll blow your damn mind. Um, there's, you know, it, no apologies. There's um, uh, Rants and Raves. There's, uh, you know, the um, um, Yeah, I Said It, JK's Happy Hour, um, uh, Arts and Crap, uh, Nothing's On, which I do with Daryl and Donnie. 
uh, all kinds of great stuff, the TaylorNetworkPodcast.com. Plus, you know, you're going to want to follow that site because there's all kinds of news updates uh, in the Facebook group and on the site there. All the pop culture news that you ever need will be there at your fingertips and plus smart people to talk about it afterwards and kind of parse it for you as well. TaylorNetworkPodcast.com. Check out the website. Check out the Facebook group. Do it all. Eat the Happy Meal. Do the do. Whatever else. Yeah, just <laughs> do, do, do it. it. Right. And remember, if the penguin offers you some of his roast, you don't, don't want that. Don't, no, don't, that. Yeah, no, <laughs> don't, don't eat it. So no. thank you to Jerry. It's all done Terminus style. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you probably get the, a recipe from, uh, um, uh, no, I'm blanking on her name. Play Denise Crosby. Denise Crosby. Yeah. Anyway, so as you can tell, it's getting late. So thank you, Daryl. Thank you, Richard. And thank you, Jerry, for joining me tonight. And until next week, where we talk about the season finale of Supergirl. Dun dun dun. dun we are dun, ghosts. Dun. Good night, guys. Good night.